0: Alrighty, welcome back to the Honest EP podcast. We are the podcast for health professionals and the wider community looking to explore diverse ideas in health, ask some hard questions and have some honest conversations. My name is Archie. I'm an EP based on Sydney's Northern Beaches and joining me as always is allied health business owner, Andrew. Andrew, how are you going? I'm well, Archie. How are you? Very well, thank you. Andrew, we have a guest on the podcast this morning. His name is Jono Petrolius. He is the Director of Fitness Education Online, which is a worldwide online provider of continuing education CBD course for fitness professionals. He also won Fitness Educator of the Year in 2020, as presented at fitness conferences in Australia, New Zealand, the USA, and Greece. Um, He's also the host of the successful EP podcast, where he interviews EPs on their journeys through the industry. Jono, welcome to the podcast, mate!
1: Ooh, what an introduction! I hope I can live <laughs> up to that. Which, which might be t- <laughs> actually, I should say, what an introduction that I wrote myself on LinkedIn. So <laughs> good. Uh- <laughs> how do you how do you know that's where I looked? Oh, yeah, exactly. What gave it away? <laughs> no, I got to update it. I won an award last year, actually, twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty oh makes it sound goodness. old, you know. Oh. But uh, that's all right. No, I'm excited. Well, oh, I was excited, but then I heard the intro. He said there's going to be hard questions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We've done about four minutes of prep. I hope they don't get too hard. Yeah, no, no, mate. We we go off the cuff here. You never know what kind of questions are going to come at you. So just be ready for anything. I'd say. Oh, no, I'm excited. <laughs> so Johnny, so Johnny, why don't you? Um, would
2: love to start. Is is tell us your story. Like, cause, yep. cause we went to uni around the same time. So we've been yep. in the industry for, for about the same period of time. Uh, tell us, tell us your story. Yep.
1: Awesome. I will not, I'll kind of, I'll not drag it out, but I'll try and include a few different things in there as well. So I'll, I'll kind of start back uni days Um, And get to what we do now in the online CPD space, but feel free to jump in at at any point, because I think there'll be multiple points where we can be like, right, if you're an EP, listen to this part, or if you're in the fitness industry, listen to this part. So yeah, let's start there. So yeah, I went to uni with Andrew. I think we graduated the same year. Maybe I was, I think I maybe um, went a year later. Because uh, I wasn't as smart as Andrew, so it took me a little bit longer to to get oh, through these these courses mate, here. <laughs> I had
2: to do chemistry twice, so...
1: okay. They, well, I, <laughs> yes. I got a pass, conceded, I got a pass conceded, so I was <laughs> I was lucky there. Um, but no, yeah, at uni I, I think I did a few units. I dropped down to like three units a year or something because I couldn't couldn't keep up. Um, and my la- and then I dragged it out. I did a semester abroad actually in the USA, uh, and I'd recommend that if anyone's a student listening here like exchange was the best part of my whole uni. I didn't learn anything, uh, but I had a lot of parties <laughs> and, and met a lot of cool people. So that's always a good experience. Uh, but anyway, came back and, and graduated and it was a bit different back in those days. I, I'm not sure, probably same as you, Andrew. When I graduated, I had a degree in exercise science and I could become an EP, but I needed to do an extra couple hundred hours voluntary or, or something like that. So got back in Australia from overseas um, started working in a gym, just like reception, sales, doing some pre-screening while I did some volunteer work at Sutherland Hospital and, and a few other places, um, getting my hours up to become an EP. So I did that, you know, within I don't know, a few months, three months, six months, became an EP, accredited EP, which I was super excited about, super proud. Uh, and I was like, right, let me stop working at this gym and go get a job at a, at a hospital. And because uh, my, my passion was more around the cardiac rehab side of things. So I you know, went to get a job at the hospital and they were like, yep, no dramas. Here's the application form. Just show us your you know, five years of experience and specific clients that you've had five years working with heart conditions and whatnot. And I had zero and I was like, okay, this isn't going to be as easy as I thought. So I was like, that's what I want to do, but how can I get there? And I was like, well, I'm already kind of in the gym space as it is at the moment. Let me keep working in this gym space, but tailor my clientele to be that kind of clientele. So I can come back to this same interview in five times and be like, right, I've been working in the fitness industry for five years. He's this client that had hypertension, this client that had diabetes, this client that had heart failure. He's, he's I've been teaching older adults, whatever it may be, right? That was my plan. So got a job at a like a, an aquatic center and essentially is like a cert three role, not as an EP. I was basically doing gym floor work there, Right. Cleaning the treadmills, um, stocking the soda machine, doing the bathroom checks, you know, as jobs. an EP. Yeah, as yeah. an EP, right? Uh, but there were some benefits as well because the way that worked is it was a full time job and most of the job was, yes, gym floor, but also every new client essentially got five sessions with a, a trainer there, right? We'd give them an orientation where we do their pre screening, we do their measurements, we do their body fat, their skin folds, you know, all of that. Uh, we'd write a program for them. We'd give them a personal training session. We'd do a nutrition session and we'd do a program review. And that was a great experience. I was there for a year or so. Great experience because the amount of people that I saw and different people that I saw, mm. and especially in the aquatic center side of things, probably would have been better if I did that at uni as opposed <laughs> to when I'm a qualified EP. But that's probably a good message as well. Like mm. if any EP student can get a job like that in a gym, where you've got, I was there full time, but even if you're part-time, casual, whatever, and mm-hmm. you're just doing orientation, programming, personal training, review, you get really good at like the the easier side of exercise prescription. And then when you get in the EP space, you kind of got that easy stuff down packed. All right, right. I know what a normal, uh, I should say normal what, what, what a, you know, um, apparently healthy or non-pathological person yeah. looks like. Great. You know, now let's see the differences there. Mm-hmm.
0: John, so, I feel like that stuff there is, you say like the easy stuff, but we always say that's probably the more important stuff. Yeah. It's its so many of the soft skills, the meeting people for the first time yeah. and so many new grad EPs and just healthcare professionals. The thing they struggle with the most is initials. And yes. just that, how do I introduce myself? How do I get the conversation off the ground? Yeah. How do I do that first meet and then organize, getting them back in for that follow-up session? Yeah. A, a job in the gym where you're doing orientations like that, I can imagine you that just becomes second nature and you get really, really good at it.
1: One of the best things, I still like as much as I kind of criticize that job and, and whatever, like it was so good for me. It was, yeah, an amazing experience. So I definitely recommend every EP student, even, even after you graduate, if you can get a job like that initially. And I think we mentioned this on, on your pod, when you were on my podcast, Andrew, that's even something you look for, right? If you're hiring a new grad, if they've got a year or two in the fitness space, you look highly upon that, right?
2: Hundred percent, and yeah. Archie, Archie is involved with a lot of our recruitment. And I think one of the things that we pick up with our students, and in that, you know, in that interview phase, is that the people that have had experience, you know, working in gyms, working in whatever uh, personal training, the way that they can engage, communicate effectively, um, and not get thrown by the more fundamental mm. part of their role, it sticks out to us. You mm. can see it.
1: Yeah. So yeah, did that, you know, and, and it was great, but there was one limit or the major limitation was the money. It was not a high paying <laughs> job. Right. Um, and also I'd be around the gym floor and I'd be speaking to different people. And a lot of the question that would come up, like people would say, you know, Oh, so what else are you doing? And I'm like, Oh no, this is my mm, full-time thing. Mm. They're like, Oh, you <laughs> know, isn't the money rubbish? <laughs> and like if, everyone else there was kind of studying, you know, they, they either mm. had their cert three and four and was, studying something at uni or or whatever so i was Mm. like okay you know i can't um and actually no i remember there was an exact point where i'd been working there a while i was i don't know 23 24 something like that uh went to the bank to get a home loan and they were like hey you know we um we can't give you a home loan and i was like (laughs) oh what i've got to save up some more money they're like no no you need a higher paying job and i was like oh yeah 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 (laughs) especially Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's to kick up the butt I needed, right? So mm. I was like, all right, you know, I got to do something. So I went on Seek or whatever and was looking for other opportunities and this ad came up which was like, hey, do you want do you want to run a boot camp? Most of our boot camp trainers make $70,000 um a year working 5 hours a week. Right? What? Oh. Yeah. Now I was making $40,000 a year working four. sorry, working 40 hours a week, right? So I was like, even if it's either of those are good, even if it's not 70,000, just get me working four yeah. five hours and I'm happy, you know, or, um, or the opposite. I'll take the pay I'm on now, but give me five hours. So, um, you know, I applied for that job and I just got lucky and got it. And to be fair, actually, this is probably a, a good step as well. Every job early on when I was going for these fitness kind of jobs, I was able to walk in, even though I didn't know what I was doing, basically just because of that degree right so when Mm -hmm. i both of those gym jobs like that first job i i got at a gym they were looking for a uni student they were like hey Mm -hmm. we want someone behind the front desk that you know is studying you studying either i know it was actually yeah that's studying at uni um and then when i got that job uh at the the aquatic center they were kind of like there were a few people applying they're like you're an ep you're straight in you know Mm -hmm. and then same as this this job at this boot camp place they were kind of like oh you're an ep yeah you're straight in because most personal trainers Uh, They probably they've got a better idea of what EPs do than probably the general market, and better now than than back then. Um, Mm. But still, a lot of like it's an EP is very highly respected in the personal training space. Like most personal trainers think of EPs as like really good, right? Like really, yeah, yeah, yeah. In uh, let me let me clarify this. Um, In like the special pop kind of place, right? So. yeah. Can, it, I, can
2: I just yep. just pre sort of line that comment up? Yep. You you have a community of yep. personal trainers. Yeah. How, yep. how big is that community?
1: Uh it's probably about eighteen thousand at the moment. Eighteen thousand people. Yep.
2: yep. Yep. And so you, I imagine in that that community, you hear conversations about Heaps. EPs, PTs. So Heaps. when Jono made that comment about like he comes from an authority perspective to be able to make that comment. And that's a, yeah. that's a pretty powerful comment, I think, for new grads, new grad EPs to hear, uh, because I think sometimes we can get a little bit defensive. Uh, mm. and that You know, we have a scope of practice and they have a scope of practice and they shouldn't be doing that and we shouldn't be doing this. Uh, but to hear the opposite of that, I think that's a really good Point, though, I'd love you to continue on, Jono, mm. about the perception of EPs from personal trainers.
1: Yep, 100%. And also, I'll, I'll spend a minute here as well. In my community, these are all personal trainers that are very focused on education and upskilling, because that's what mm. I do now, right? It, pretty much everyone in that community has either done one of my courses or inquired into one of my courses, right? Mm. So it's not just someone that, you know, is, has done a CERT three or four in a couple of weeks and is working in the park unregistered, right? Um, <laughs> Anytime a question kind of comes, Hey, you know, my client's got, you know, this condition here, there's so many comments there. That's just like, Hey, send them to an EP. EPs know exactly what they're doing. Go and send that person to an EP. Don't program. Don't write a program for that person. Send them to an EP. The EP will write that program work under the the guidance there. So, Hmm. um, yeah, it's very in, in that kind of space, not so much in the, I guess the kind of gen pop space, you know, in, in, in that kind of stuff. But specifically, if any client has any kind of condition, like most personal trainers, like, send them to an EP straight away. Mm-hmm. So, and, and yeah, just in terms of, like, getting these positions early in my career, I was able to do whatever I wanted in the fitness industry, just because I had that, <laughs> you know, I, I had that piece of paper. And also, <laughs> like, I was more qualified than the people hiring me, right? Like. The gym, manager, the gym manager maybe had a cert three and four and a couple of years experience. And I was a qualified ex- or an accredited exercise physiologist. So I think also, especially in those times as well, they, they wouldn't even really question it, you know, might be a bit different now and might be a bit different if, if the, the person doing the hiring is an exercise physiologist or exercise scientist or has more experience. But just in my experience, in those early days, it was very easy to get ahead in mm-hmm. the fitness industry with that degree.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So anyway, so I, I went for this job. I got lucky. I got it, uh, but I actually sucked at it. All right. So this was a, a boot camp franchise, simplified version. There were about 75 different locations all across Australia. Right. And you were ranked, each boot camp instructor was ranked how good they were essentially based on their retention rate. there was a 12 week challenge. How many of your clients come back for the next one is how good you are, which is pretty fair. Right. Um, Okay so with yeah 75 different locations you were ranked 1 to 75 1 being the best 75 being the worst take a guess what you think I was ranked guys Archie oh, what's, no. what's,
0: what's your guess Oh, uh, the, the way you set this story up i can't imagine you were better than the top 50 mate unfortunately yep yep, yep. andrew what's what's <laughs> yeah. your number yeah i'm i'm going i'm going to go 52 yeah we trained? Were you train yourself at the end of this? Pretty yeah, works? pretty pretty much pretty much. I was, I was, I was, I was pretty much a, a
1: one-on-one personal trainer by default at the end of it, right? Um, but you guys are too kind. I was ranked seventy-five, right? <laughs> seventy-five out of seventy-one. Oh. And yeah, I and I knew it's 74. A great origin story. I knew 74. 74 was not a good trainer, right? <laughs> um, and also, but here's the other thing as well, right? You know, a lot of people they're oh, not confident, no. they're shy at what they do, mm. whatever. That wasn't me. This was yeah, I can't ob-
0: imagine that's you,
1: yeah. No, no, but like this was objective data, right? Like there was a dashboard. <laughs> you would log into that dashboard. And there was a pie chart showing you where you were ranked right (laughs) now. You two guys are uh, smart guys. I don't think you've ever had to uh, log onto a dashboard that shows you a pie chart, how bad you are. Right. But that's, (laughs) that's the level I was at. Right. Um, But I loved it. And I saw the opportunity, especially back in those days financially, because it was like, not a lot of people were doing that group training bootcamp model. And like the numbers stacked up, the numbers they were saying stacked up, if I could get those people in there. Right. Like, can't remember off the top of my head now, but we're charging about 50 bucks a week at the time. And let's say you've got, um, even let's just say you've got 20 clients, right? 20 clients at 50 bucks a week. That's $1,000 a week. And all you need to do is run one boot camp a day, right? And that's pretty easy to get, you know, 20, people. get 40 people in there. Now you're making $2,000 a week, still just working that one hour a day. So I saw the potential. I just knew I wasn't good at it, right? And... We had to have this like meeting at the end of this at the end of the year, all the different franchise owners. Um, and I didn't want to go because you know I was ranked seventy five out of seventy five, and also I had a stereotype in my mind. I was like, oh, everyone there, they're going to be so fit and so good looking, and the guys are going to be jacked, and the women are going to be supermodels, you know. Um, and I went to this conference, and it was like the best thing ever for many different reasons. There were like multiple career turning points there. Uh, number one, I had to have a, a meeting with the franchise owners off the bat. And they were like, "Jono, you're coming 75th. What's going on?" And I was like, "Oh, it's not my fault. You know, it's the the competition. There's all these, you know, all these personal trainers opening up. They're not qualified. There's all these 24-hour gyms. There's online programs. You know, um, it's too hard to compete where I am in in Sydney. Uh, and also, my my specific area in Sydney is the most is the you know the most competitive mm. area ever. I'm sure all the everyone else thought that as well, but that's what I thought in in my my head." And I was like, also like, um, you know, you guys are meant to be doing the marketing for us. Like, you're not getting me many leads, and the leads you're getting me are rubbish. Um, and also the weather. Like, I'm running an outdoor boot camp. I'm here in Sydney. It rains in <laughs> rains in Sydney. You know, like I'm on the Gold Coast where it's sunny every day. And they're like, Jono, stop right there. <laughs> right, we got some. Good, they go, we got some good news and we got some bad news. They're like, the bad news is, as a boot camp instructor, you suck. You're coming 75th. You've seen the pie chart. Uh, but the good, <laughs> uh, good news no, you the pie yeah, chart. Yeah, exactly. The good news is you can actually do something about it because at the moment you're sitting here blaming everybody else but yourself. Maybe it's not the competition's that fault that you suck. Maybe it's your fault you haven't done enough to be better than the competition. What upskilling have you done? What CEC courses have you done? We call them CEC courses in the, the fitness industry. You know, what CEC courses have you done? Uh, what conferences have you been to? And I was like, oh, I mean, I I get my bare minimum. I get my CCs to to keep me in the industry, to keep my registration. They're like, Johnny, that's the bare minimum. Of course, if you do mm. the bare minimum, you're going to be down the bottom. That, that's the bare minimum you need just to stay in the industry. Of course, if yeah. you do the bare minimum, yeah. you're yeah. going to be down the bottom. Mm. And that that really that like it, that essentially leads to what I do now. But that hit home there. Also, they were like, all right, our marketing sucks. Um, is it our marketing that sucks, or is it your sales that suck? What sales books have you read? What business coaches have you hired? And I was like, oh, gee, I got to do that too. And mm, they're like, and also, mm. if our marketing is so bad, uh, why don't you do some of your own marketing? Mm. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yep, like I'll it sounds so simple one. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds so simple now. But like at the time, I just, well, whatever. Um, and, and yeah, and then they were like, and also, John, you know, the weather. Like, <laughs> you're blaming the weather. You can hire out a school hall for twenty bucks. You can solve your biggest problem for 20 bucks, but you're too busy sitting here blaming everybody else, but yourself. And I was Mm. like, yeah, good point. They're like, what we want you to do is for the next year, you know, your position safe, but just stop blaming people. If there's a problem, go and do something about and fix that problem and then fix the next one and fix the next one. Just don't do anything else, but that for a year and come back next year and see what happens. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, I'll, I'll do that. Um, and actually I'll, I'll, get to that in a sec, but there were a couple other key things that happened at this conference as well. So number one, I heard the, the, the origin story of the, um, the lady that ran the franchise. She was 24 at the time and she had owned 75 different boot camp locations. It was a 50, 50 split model. And I knew how much I paid her, which was about a thousand dollars a week. So she had 75 different locations, each paying her a thousand dollars a week. So she's making seventy five thousand dollars a week, passive income, without her even running a, a boot camp, right? And she was twenty four years old, and she was telling her story like, you know, she she dropped out of high school. Uh, everyone always thought she was dumb, this and that. You know, she started working at Valley Girl, and she got fired from Valley Girl. Um, and she was like, dead, she's dead down the bottom. She's like, man, I'm a loser. I got, how can I get fired from Valley Girl? Um, but anyway, she went and got her PT qualification, started a boot camp, another one, another one, yada, yada, yada. And that kind of opened my mind as well, because I was like, man, like this woman's 24, got fired from Valley Girl, and he's making $75,000 a week running boot camps. What the hell is my excuse? As, a, <laughs> as an accredited exercise physiologist, Like, what the hell is is my excuse? So that really motivated me. There's also a quote there as well. Where some Tony Robbins or someone says that, you know, nobody cares how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Now, my whole positioning Mm. at that point is I was trying to be the smartest because I was the only exercise physiologist there. That's what I was leveraging off. Right. Mm. The general Mm. public didn't even know what that was at the time. That meant absolutely Mm. nothing. So as soon as I shifted that, I was still an exercise physiologist. I still had those skills, but until Mm. I shifted it to care about the person. Um, that was a big change. And then there
0: was, one I think other- that's a good point there, John. Yeah. That like, uh, especially EPS when people finish uni and, and come out with any kind of degree, uh, that people don't really care mm. what your degree is once you enter the workforce and once they come in to, to see you, uh, or in a healthcare setting, they, you know, once they're in the door and they're talking to you. Your degree isn't posted anywhere. Nobody's looking on the wall to see what uni you went at. Uh, It doesn't really matter. It really does not matter at all. Uh, I feel like there is a little bit of a, uh, people feel a bit of uh, almost attachment uh, that I went to this uni and I have this qualification. And they didn't even know that I did this research uh, about this condition but w- w- why is that relevant to the client in front of you who's got very very individual problems or wow. has very individual goals uh, it's no one really cares about it i think it's a kind of a hit to people's ego a little bit when they when they finish uni uh, to yeah. to have that and go oh crap i'm i'm just me now like mm. the, that the degree or the certification got me into the industry uh, yeah. and now it doesn't matter to be honest
1: <laughs> 100% yeah I agree 100% um and there was one more yeah and the other key thing there the great thing about going to this conference and seeing where everyone was ranked is i was able to see who the top five were and the top 10 were right and like at the start i just sat down whoever i sat down with and it just so happened i was with like 73 71 69 like like attached like Take- you know <laughs> and we very very kind of similar and then you had to change tables whatever you know after each break And I ended up on the table with, you know, people that were number one and number three and number five, and just the conversations at the table were worlds apart, but not about what I thought they would be. I thought the top Mm. five were going to be the, in the fitness industry, the biggest, the strongest, you know, the, the, the alpha males, the, the supermodel women, Uh, but nothing like that. The two, the two key things that I would see is number one was education. The conversations at that table there was, oh, what courses are you doing? Oh, what have you done this mm. course? Have you done that course? Yeah, I did this course. Look, it was a couple of thousand bucks, but you know, best, best two thousand dollars ever spent. And at the time, mm. I thought they were crazy. Well, these people are spending a thousand dollars on the course. Didn't they learn this in their, you know, in, in their actual course? Um yeah. but then I came to re- I'm like, and then, then I, but then I was like, hold on. The people that are at the 70s are not doing courses, you know, mm. the people that are mm. the ones and twos are doing courses. And okay, mm. look, it might be a thousand bucks, a couple of thousand bucks, but these guys are making $5,000 a week. These guys are making $500 a week. Like one of those courses could be worth it. So it was that. And then it was mm. also just the level of, um, in the fitness industry, we'll probably call it support that they would give their clients where, you know, if you're in the seventies, the you were kind of like, Hey, I'm here to run the session. And that's pretty much it. But if you're in those top kind of 10, it's like the above and beyond. Oh, I gave these little gifts for my clients. And, you know, I just like to check in every now and then with my client. Like those two things were worlds apart. So it was great. Anyway, I left that conference and I was super motivated. First thing I did was book the CEC course. You know, how to run a better bootcamp or something like that. Did that CEC course. It was great. As a result, got all these new ideas and, and got extra clients as a result. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to do another one. All right. So I did another one, same kind of thing. Um, and then I was like, hey, along with this, I'm also gonna read books and watch YouTube videos and you know, find other uh great personal trainers and exercise physiologists and group fitness instructors and attend their sessions and see what they do and you know, take out what I can there. And then I just I just immersed myself with getting better at at running a boot camp. Uh went to that same conference 12 months later. Now take a guess what I was ranked,
0: Archie. Oh, uh, did you crack the top 50, Johnny? <laughs> I cracked the top 50, yes. <laughs> oh, good on ya. Very good. There we go. Gross.
1: I'm gonna go top 10. So, yeah, number one. Right. So 75,
0: oh, 75, oh, yeah. yep, 75 to what one. What an origin story. Yep, yep. How about went, that?
1: Went from 20 clients <clears throat> to a hundred clients, right? Yeah, right. Um, and then kept going, opened up another location as well, and had and also the retention rate. I think I went from 30% retention that of clients that will come back to like mm. um to a hundred percent or hundred of those know if you
0: if if you had to knuckle down like two of the main things you think you uh that actually changed about what you were doing with the clients like their actual client experience in that year, what do you reckon the main two would be? Or how 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 specific do you want to go on that? Like super specific uh, or more general? Yeah, how about since yes, yeah, so, so let's go specific. Okay, cool. So the most specific thing
1: I did is in terms of the retention model. Uh, so yeah, say the the retention model. At the start, what I would find is clients would drop off as those twelve weeks went on, right? Uh, mm. And then it was very hard to try and sell them to another twelve weeks if they hadn't been coming for six weeks,
0: right? Totally. You know? yep. Yeah.
1: So I was like, um, I was like, how can I get these? How can I get to that week twelve mark again? but make sure that these people are consistently coming, right? Mm,
0: um, mm.
1: And I'll, I'll give one kind of general one, but then I'll go one more, more specific as well, right? So I, yes, just, sure. I I realized that client retention in that model came down to three things. It was number one, um, how much fun they were having. Number two, mm. how much they liked each other. And then number three, mm. how much they liked me, right? Results was nowhere on, and I used to think, oh, if I can help, there's mainly weight loss in those days, right? If I can help these people lose sure. weight, they'll come back. No, it was those three things there, right? And even even mm. in the personal, tra- and even we'll kind of speak about this earlier, uh, obviously the more personable mm. we are, the more likely that client or that patient will will keep staying with you. Um, but even in, in that kind of bootcamp model, that's number three, because you could mm. be the most charming person in the world if they hate everyone else in the group you got mm. no chance, you know. Or like, mm. you could be the most charming person in the world. They might like the group, but if your exercises or workouts are just so boring, there's only mm. so much they can take, you know.
0: Yeah, there's kind yeah. of
1: those three things there. But if I had to go <sighs> even one very specific one, it was it was like actual text messaging. Um, both immediately after, but con- so I didn't used to do a lot of text messaging after the session. Right, But what I essentially did, let's say it's Archie's first week, You know, um, mm. but after the session, hey, Archie, just wanted to check in. How'd you go? Blah, 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 right?
0: Mm. Even mm. just that
1: was massive, right? But most people probably kind of do an element of that anyway. But then same thing after the first week. So not only after your first session, you also mm. get a text message after your first week. Mm. Also after your second week as well. Now we're kind of friends at that stage, right? We've got that really good um, relationship. Mm. Also now I'm tracking the sessions. And mm. if I don't see you uh, simplified version, say I'm changing Monday to Friday. If I don't see you by Wednesday, you're getting the text message. And, hey, Archie, mm. haven't seen you all week. Everything all right. All right. Even just those things there, it means that I don't get to week 12 and I haven't spoken to you for six weeks. I'm trying to hit you up for more money. All right. Yeah. The most is I haven't I haven't spoken to you in a couple of days. Right. Because even on that, even if I text you on that Thursday, whether you come in at the end of the week or not, doesn't really matter we've had that communication you start on monday great happy days it's not awkward or or time Mm. there but i'd say Mm. yeah in terms of the two biggest things those three things how much they like me how much i like each other how much fun they're having but specific is just that text messaging if i don't see them for a couple days
0: so more points of contact building that relationship early with people yeah so that it doesn't become awkward and you're so right like if you don't hear for, from someone for two weeks, yeah. it's almost more awkward to reach out then as opposed to, if you haven't talked to them in two days, you can just start the conversation from where you were. Yep. It's a lot easier to to explain then. Yep. Um, and even I'll, really... just, I'll,
1: just, I'll just add one thing on there as well, that I think is important with that is I'd still contact people, even if they were coming to the session, I'd still contact just not as much. Sure. Right? sure. It would just be like, right. Every couple of weeks, make sure I've got some, I like a facebook post i send a text message you know there's there's mm. I'd have a chart even just a even just a google sheet or whatever just mm. all with all the clients
0: when was the last touch point that's great so regular touch points and then uh, i think the most interesting point you mentioned in those three points about uh what was making your attention go up was the second one in the clients liking each other oh man um, and i was wondering do you have any strategies for for, because I think this is relevant in a lot of a lot of settings. Uh, yep. A lot of VPs, a lot of other healthcare professionals will do uh, things where there's groups of people, or yep. even just clinic vibe, where you want to walk into a clinic or a space or a gym, where you go, "Yeah, I like the other people around me." Yep. How can you facilitate that in in different settings? Love it,
1: hundred percent. Yeah, and that's like um, and the first CEC course that I created was how to run a successful bootcamp, and that was a big part of it. So I've actually got this down to a science. I wish I had my notes open because it's been a couple of years since I did it, but I remember most of them anyway. So I'll even go from the start, right? So I'll, I'll give it an example in a boot camp setting and then maybe hmm. you two can put it in a, in a clinic setting or, yeah. or whatever it needs to be. So the first thing was even like the setup, right? So let's say when I was 75, I'd get there, whatever, 15 minutes beforehand, I'd kind of set up, people would come in, I'd say, yep, hey, how you going? How's your weekend? I'll be with you in a minute, go and sit down. And then you'd have, you know, five, 10 people on their phones, spread out, you know, no kind of interaction there. And I was like, right, i got to kind of do something about that. So I'd come in that little bit earlier, I'd come in 30 minutes early, let's say, or even whatever it is, Um, but I'd have everything set up beforehand. And then I'd be sitting on a chair 15 minutes beforehand, just kind of waiting for people to come in, Right. So, the, and I would be sitting down on a chair and I would even set the chairs up so they were kind of facing each other. So it was like, at the time, it was like a bench here and then a bench there. So I'd mm. sit down in the middle. The first person that would come in was kind of be rude if they didn't talk to me, right? So they, mm, you know, mm. come down and sit right opposite me and start talking. And then the next person, same thing, it kind of be rude if they didn't. They'd come down, they'd sit next to me. And then I'd be like, yep. Yeah, oh, by the way, Archie, you know, Andrew, yeah, this is what you two do. And I'd kind of force that. I, I, cause I knew both of them. I knew how to get mm. them to kind of conversate with each other with common interests, whatever. You know, then the third person comes in. You know, they'd sit down there. I'd introduce that. Then at that point, I need to make sure that I get out of there because if I'm always the center of attention, which happens with a lot of the time yeah. in the fitness side of things, all the conversation's off me. A, it's harder for me, but B, they're not really bonding. They're just getting to know me. So I'd kind of get those three going there. I'd pretend to do something, you know, someone else would walk in, I'd have a conversation with that person, someone else would, come, oh, hey, you met this person here, someone else. And I'd kind of um, set the whole thing up. So it was kind of rude if you got on your phone, you know, or it was rude if you didn't kind of sit there just because the the way it was, right? So that was kind of step one. Um, then the next thing I would do is the warm up would always involve a, a game. So it'd be like mm. a general, you know, general, non-specific warm-up kind of thing. But then we'd always do like a, a game and a game that involved partners or mm. teams. Um, but also if it was a partner game, it would, you'd have to change partners because what mm. can happen a lot of time in the fitness setting, right? Everyone partner up. Archie goes with Andrew. Jono goes with his brother. You know, mm. Maria goes with her daughter. You know, mm. this per- you just go with the person that you came with anyway, and you don't really meet anyone new. Mm. um so that's fine you can start with that person right let's play you know scissors paper rock you know if you lose you do some star jumps yep do that for 30 seconds boom change now everyone move one partner down the line you've got a new person high five mm. introduce boom mm. down the line new person high five introduce right mm. that as well um but also consistently because what i found with that is i do that for a couple of weeks and i was like great now everyone knows each other don't need to play games or whatever it would drop off, right? Yeah. I realized that I had to do that every single session of my life, right? <laughs> it was kind of, um, it was, it was that there. Uh, and then the main workout, that may be partners. It may not be partners. If mm. I can just do little things to make that partner or team-based even better, like let's mm. just say, for example, I'll just give a, a really easy example, right? Let's say, hey, you know, the, we're going to do push-ups. All right, we're going to do pair up. uh, We don't even need to pair up. Hey, guys, we're going to do push-ups where you do, for example, um, a minute on and then a minute off and then Mm, 40 mm. seconds on and then 40 seconds off, 20 on, 20 off. There's two ways you can do that, drill. We can just do it all together as a group, right? Mm. All right, guys, let's go for 60 seconds. I'm the timer, blah, blah, blah. Right, Mm. everyone rest for 60 seconds. Okay, right, now let's do it for 40. Or the other way I can do it is I can pair everyone up, you know, right? Andrew, you're with Archie. Andrew, you're going to start off. You do push-ups for a minute. Archie, mm. your whole job is to motivate Andrew. Right? <laughs> you say his name, you clap, do it for a minute. Yeah. When I say yeah. change, guess what? Mm. We change over. Andrew, you're going to get Archie back, right? Anything, <laughs> any mean thing he said to you, <laughs> you're going to do to him, right? All same drill, right? Mm. But mm. all of a sudden, just by making, you don't even need the partner. Mm. they don't do anything it's just it just makes it that bit more interactive and then even Mm. that environment as well instead of just having people randomly let's get two lines again because Mm. that way Mm. i'm here archie's there we can have a bit of a joke with our person there you know it's not two people hiding in the corner kind of thing Mm. so there's that there uh and then also just even at the end usually in boot camps to do a finisher or or someone like that that's a good opportunity because sometimes you don't just want the whole thing to be partner work, right? Sometimes sure, totally. you want to work on your own. But yeah. I find, you know, at the start, get get people talking at the start, play that game at the start. Whatever you do during the main workout you do, if you can get a few partner stuff in, great. If not, it doesn't matter too much. Um, and then kind of finish up. If you can do some kind mm. of finisher that enroll, involves people, great there. Mm. That's just the in-session part. And if you do that, that sort of stuff, that will help as well. Mm. Um, but what I found is that out-of-session stuff as well. Now, it was a little bit easier in those days because there was less social media. So everyone was kind of on Facebook. You could have a Facebook group. Everyone was kind of in there. Now, it's a bit different. People don't like Facebook or you know they're on Instagram or they're on WhatsApp, whatever. Um, either way, the same principles kind of work. It was, it was a Facebook group. And I would also do specific things in that Facebook group to get interaction. All right. So let's just say, for example, week one was get to know you week. All right. Hmm. So in that Facebook group, Everyone in the book, whether you've been here for your first session or you've been here for a year, whatever. Um, and I would send this out in a text message as well. And I would also mm. tell everyone at training, hey, guys, it's get to know you week. This is what you're doing in the Facebook group. You don't have to do it if you don't want. But if you don't want, you just got to do 10 burpees at the end of the session. So <laughs> whatever
2: you prefer, it doesn't matter either way,
1: right? Um, the carrot or the stick kind of thing. I think I had sure. a, a carrot as well. And hey, if you do it, you're going to the drink the draw to win a free so-and-so, right? And the thing was essentially post a photo of yourself, say where you are, what your job is, and two truths and a lie, and everyone has yep. to guess what that lie is, right? Mm. Something like that. Mm. All of a sudden, conversation going in that Facebook group, and now when I get to the session, it's not a bunch of people I don't know. Oh, Andrew, were you, mm. oh, what was your truth? Your truth was that, right? I didn't know you played golf for New South Wales or whatever <laughs> it may be. Whatever it may be, right? Um, that kind of that there as well. And then I had all all sorts of things sprinkled. You know, week Mm. two is share a recipe week. You know, week three is, you know, a a team challenge. How many minutes of planks can you do or whatever, right? Mm. Um, And then also once a month, I would do like an excursion. Hey, guys, we train at this school hall every week. You know, hey, this Saturday, let's go stand up paddle boarding. You know, Mm. let's go Mm. and do the city to surf. Let's go and do one of these obstacle courses. Let's go um, pole dancing, you know, whatever, something kind of outing sure. there that gets yeah. people interacting when they're mm. not there right so there's a whole heap like i i yeah. that was one thing i really focused on so there's a million different things i would do but i'm just trying to give general yeah. um
0: tips here that people can yeah so yeah. so trying to so trying to make a community uh yeah. and then in person some specific activities start to get people engaged together starting with you but then you trying to pull yourself out of the situation yeah. uh and then continue to filter out throughout the session and throughout the weeks, but never going away from it by the sounds of it as well. So you have to Understood. stay with it. Um I'm sure I went to a lot of people because you know there's great programs everywhere. I think uh from a broader standpoint as well for for clinics or or gyms or that sort of thing, having community engagement events or mm-hmm. or things is so beneficial, especially when you break it down because so that's one of the main things that contributes to retention yep. is when you are engaging your community and having them form relationships within your community? Um, Johnny, I, I, I want I'll, us I'll, to to move on. Uh, can I just um, add one? I just wanted one yeah, yeah, go for it. Then
1: we'll move on. The other, I think, mistake that, especially in the fitness side of things, if you don't do this properly, is you get clicks, which I experienced mm. learning as well, right? That when I kind of, when you said the drop off part, I dropped off and on the the interaction community side of things. And what happened is there was a click of really good looking fit people right that were really close and they made good friends they'd go to each other's weddings and go out on weekends mm, or whatever mm. but it was very hard for a new person to get in there if everyone there is going to each other's weddings you don't fit yeah. in on that place you know so no. and you, and that, that's the biggest difference in the fitness setting between you have a boot camp with 20 people that's great you got a click of 20 people or you got mm. a boot camp of 120 people now you got mm. a, a community there but yeah mm. Sorry. continue on Andrew,
2: uh, I'm I'm wary of time when I ask this next question. So <laughs> I'm going to try and limit you, John. That's a, that's a nice I'm way of like, saying this guy. Oh, will oh. probably talk about this for for like a two-day workshop. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm going to give you five minutes. Um, one of the things that you spoke about earlier on was sales. Oh, yeah. Now, as, and I'll pull my hand up for this. Like if you talk to me about sales when I was straight out of university, I'd be like, "Fuck off! What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> that's <laughs> awful. That's yep. what that's what car salesmen do. Yep. Like, that's that's sleazy and gross and terrible." Yep. If you were talking to a, a room of new grad EPS, what role does sales play? Like, what what should people take away from this conversation, specifically around sales? Mm.
1: Okay good question let me think of how to answer this yeah okay so I was the same right I didn't even want to look look at sales when I was studying um even up until I was running a even I was running a business I didn't even want to look at look at sales you know but I realized I don't know what point it was but I kind of realized if I want to get paid I need to um get better at sales so that was the thing with me it was just a kind of line with 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 income but also let me think how to put this there was Uh, Even just the thought process of it, what made it easy for me, because for me, it was also like a cycle, right? I I was bad at selling because I wasn't confident in my program. Once I kind of got my program better and 100% of people were coming back, it was a lot easier to get good at sales because it was less pushy and trying to objection handle and, and kind of beg people. I was just able to come at it so much more confidently, you know, Hey, I'm pretty confident. Most people that do this program, love it and stay for a year up to you. I mean, you might be the the 1% exception. That's not, um, but most people do. I I don't know if I, yeah, it's a tough question for me to answer, but that's kind of my overview of it. Did did you want me to go? Should should,
2: I'll I'll reframe the question. Should, should new grad EPs be afraid of sales? Oh no. Why not?
1: Um, I would okay there's a few different things there. I would say number 1 sales isn't a bad thing. Like sales is just I guess the bridge between like someone's interested in something, you've got the solution there, sales is just that bridge. Um and I'd also say sales is more helping people than anything. And it's like if you don't make that sale, you're not going to help the person.
2: That that is uh, exactly the way that I think about it now. Like I have a solution yep. to a problem. Sales is just communicating that message. Yep. And I think it's one of the things that again, like we've we've you know bagged on universities a bit in this podcast, but like for us to be confident in letting our clients know, mm-hmm. whether you're a PT or an EP. That I can help you. This mm. is what it might look like. These are the kind of outcomes that we would expect over a course mm. of. A period of, I think we missed that, and so we have all of this knowledge kind of rattling around in our heads. That we sit down with someone and we know what the solution might be for them, yep. but we can't actually. There, there isn't a deliberate process yeah, of being like, connect those two dots. Yeah,
0: I'll share. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. I'll oh, we'll share a couple. How, how do people? Yeah, how do people learn this skill? Yeah. Okay. So awesome question.
1: There's a couple of things. Let me think of what to say here as well. Um, Yeah. And I'll also say another way I look at sales as well. I kind of look at sales. If someone inquires into anything that I'm selling, it's not, I'm not even trying to sell my stuff. It's more, I'm trying to help that person. It just so happens that I have the solution, Mm -hmm. right? And if I don't have the solution, I won't sell it to them. It's like, Mm. Hey, yep. I see what you're saying, Andrew. Look, my program actually does this. It's probably not the one for you, but Hey, guess what? That person down there does, you know, or that person down there, or Hey, here's my program here, right? It's, it's kind of what you're looking for, but not like, I will not push someone. I'll be honest either way. Mm. Hey, if I was you, I would do it up to you. Or, you know, if I was you, I would do that one. So there's that, that thing there in terms of getting good at it. So I just became obsessed with it. So. To start with, and it was easy for, for me because when I was working at that franchise, I kind of had a lot of leads coming in, so I could just get the reps in, you know, just practice, 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 and I got kind of okay just from doing the the reps, and then I just upskilled. Like I, I I've read every sale. Well, I started off with one sales book, and then, another, and then another, and then another, and then another, and then I just read every sales book out there. Took sales courses. Actually did a mastermind. So I paid twenty thousand dollars. To do a year long uh, mastermind just on sales. And I'm happy that I did it. And also, like, I think that's a, if you are going to spend that much money, it's a good kind of skill to learn it on because it's probably got the most direct ROI. It's like, right, I've got X amount of leads coming in, I'm closing X amount of them. After this program, I've now made, you know, X amount of dollars there. So, yeah. So that's kind of how I learned it. And I just say the same for everyone else as well. Like I, I think, and now that I've done so much sales training, it's just like, it's very easy for me just to look at it. And it's like, and I could probably teach someone now in 10 minutes, to be honest, but either way <laughs> for, for for someone else kind of listening, it's just, and look, it might've changed a little bit now in the digital age, but the, the, um, the principles are still the same, especially if you're, if you're offering a face-to-face service and you're selling in, in person or even over the phone, like the principles are still there. So I would just say read, you know, and let me think mm. of the best sales books over it. Probably any of Brian Tracy's books, any of Zig Ziglar's books. Um, there's some specific fitness ones out there as well. If you've got any fitness people, I hate selling for the the fitness professional by Ryan McKenzie. Um, membership sales by who's on Eric Charles. Like yeah, I'll, I'll just like anything else. I'll just read and and um, courses and practice. Nice. Yeah, yeah. John, t-
2: tell us a bit about what you do now and uh, we'll kind of wrap this thing up by letting people know where to find you.
1: Yep, beautiful. So now I run um, CEC courses for personal trainers and also the CERT 3 and 4 in fitness and also some of our courses are registered with ESSA as well. So EPs can get CPD courses from it. Um, best thing to do is just go to our website fitnesseducationonline.com.au all the courses will be on there it'll say you know who they're registered with Uh, or you can join our Facebook group it is targeted for fitness professionals but there's a lot of EPs in there a lot of um, EP students in there as well and even a lot of questions so even if you're listening this and you're an EP and you just want to help out PTs because they're going to ask that hey I've got this client with this thing here what program should I do be great if there's um, EPs in there as well that's just fitness Hmm.
0: education online community Jono, of your courses, uh, if you had to pick, you know, one, two, or three that would be most relevant for healthcare professionals, EPs, physios, that sort of thing, yep. what would you pick? I would probably
1: say, I would say our mobility course. Okay. Reason being, a lot of the ones, most of it is targeted for personal trainers. So mm-hmm. say we've got courses around, you know, training pregnant women or training older adults. I feel a lot of that is covered in, you know, Mm. your, your, your uni. Yeah. So yeah, you'd still get some out of it. Um, Mm. But I think the mobility course, especially because it's, it's very, it's very based around like fascia and like anatomy trains and and that kind of thing there, which I think is very different. And I don't think is really taught like myofascial lines or whatever. Um, But I don't think a lot of that is taught in uni these days. So I think the, I think, yeah, uh, mobility essentials and that's registered with essa so you know you get your points mm. with with that one there i would probably say that's number one uh or you could do our sales course you know we're just speaking about oh. that that would so be, you have yeah, a never, sales course we've okay. got to say yeah I've, yeah have got a sales course it never oh, sells, it never <laughs> sells. <Interesting. laughs> so maybe oh. i'm not that good at it um, <laughs> but like uh I, yeah, it's just like it's not a fitness my audience anyway they kind of like learning about you know how to train older adults, how to train pregnant mm, women, mm. how to train postmenopausal women. You mm, know, um, mm. the sales one doesn't doesn't sell as well, but uh, it mm, should, mm. right? It should be something yeah. to do. But yeah, I think mobility number one.
0: Yeah, maybe sales number two. Absolutely nice,
2: yeah.
0: Andrew. Uh, any any last questions before we wrap my final up? My
2: final question. My my final question. I I feel like we could have. We we might do multiple parts to this. I think so. Um, but your advice, your advice to a, a new grad EP, because that's kind of our, our demographic, um, from someone who's, you know, run boot camps, built a successful business, now influences, you know, 17, 18,000 people. What's your advice for new grad EPs just sort of coming into the workforce?
1: Oh, good question. Um, I would say... I would say do, I mean, I might be biased, but I'd be similar to what I did and try and land that job. And I, I think it's probably two things. Maybe you already know exactly what you want to do, right? Hey, I want to work with this pop, this specific demographic here. Great, go for it, right? Master that, do your CPD courses, work in that space, post social media content, become the go-to in, in that thing there. But I feel most people probably won't know that, right? Straight out of uni anyway. So I would even say, go general, you know, find a position that allows you to work with many different people, try many different things, go attend many different CEC courses, go to the Esther conferences, which I think you guys speak at. Um, I'd probably say there, I'd probably say immerse yourself as much as possible until you find what you want to do.
0: Awesome. Well, yeah. man, that, that's great advice, mate. Jono, yeah. thanks for coming on, mate. Uh I think we can really, really benefit from having people talk from different experiences. Um, you know, we can get very stuck in our own world of where we only hear people who've gone through the same kind of private practice, mm-hmm. sociology life, but you've done it very, very differently. And I think you've uh, got so much experience and so much knowledge in a different area that we're not exposed to enough. And I think we can really, really benefit from it. So thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, and guys, we're gonna we're going to wrap it up. So we'll see you in next episode. See you later. Goodbye.